Welcome to another News for Jags podcast. I'm Jamal St. Cyr alongside Justin Barney. Justin, it's game week. The Jaguars have their first preseason game on Thursday. We'll finally get a chance to look at some of these rookies in action. Yeah, it's. It, I always get you know excited yet bored with the first preseason <laughs> game because, yes, it's football. Yes, it's hitting somebody else other than your own teammates. But we're not going to see anybody yeah. in this first game. We found out today at, at camp that uh, Trevor's not playing. Travis Etienne is is not playing. Basically, anybody who sneaks in there as a starter, um, you know, Doug kind of left that possibility open of, of seeing a starter or two in there. But we're seeing backups and, and undrafted guys, and that's you know I, I hate it for the reason that we see those guys, and I like it too. So I like it for the fact that. You know, we could find another James Robinson in one of these games. We right. could find one of these uh, these undrafted guys that has been tearing it up at camp. Benji Franklin, Lawan Winningham, those kind of guys, and see, you know, are they a factor? Can they play the NFL game? Can they make that 53? So, uh, preseason games are good and bad for me. I like that they're kicking it off the the season. I wish they would have been playing the Carolina Panthers. I think that would have been a cool. That would have uh, been. Cool. That, that would have been cool. I remember how exciting it was in town for that preseason, or that Hall of Fame game in '95 when two expansion teams met up there and the Panthers won 20 to 14. But just that excitement um, for the Jaguars. So it would have been nice to see that history, especially with Tony Baselli going into the Hall of Fame. Uh, but I like them kicking off the preseason. I think it's exciting. Uh, but I do wish we would see, uh, you know, a little bit more of that full offense that fans have been kind of clamoring to see. Well, we're not going to get that this week for sure. Like you said, no Trevor Lawrence, no Travis Etienne. I highly doubt Christian Kirk's out there. It would surprise me if we saw Evan Ingram. Um, Brandon Sheriff, definitely not. You may see, you'll probably see a little bit of Luke Fortner. I could see some Tyler Shatley making an appearance. Walker Little definitely out there on the offense. Um, at wide receiver, LaVishka Chenault likely plays. Right. Um, Maybe Laquan Treadwell, he's on that. Treadwell will that play. Treadwell will definitely roster, play. Yeah. Uh, Willie Johnson, Kevin Austin. I mean, you, you're, we're down the depth chart now with the guys that play. I doubt Marvin Jones plays. Highly doubt it. I doubt you see much of Zay Jones, if any. Uh, just because that's your top trio. Jamal Agnew hasn't practiced yet. Mm -hmm. Probably won't see him either. Uh, tight end, probably see Chris Manhurts. You might see Dan Arnold, but it'll probably be the other three young guys. Uh, on defense, just kind of looking at it. I know people really want to know if Trayvon yeah, Walker right. is going to play. And I don't, uh, think, I don't think he does. I don't think he does. During walkthroughs, he was still taking reps with the ones, which I thought was interesting, but I don't think he plays much, if at all. Um, but just kind of looking at it. The defense is where things kind of get muddied at. There are very few standout players. Like, I'll tell you, Josh probably ain't playing. Josh yeah. Allen's going to sit this one out. Uh, you probably won't see Tyson Campbell. You probably won't see Shaq Griffin. Uh, but I could make a solid argument for just about every other starter on that defense needing those reps. Like Andre Sisco, it would right, almost yeah. surprise me if he didn't play. Even uh, though he's your projected starter, he, I do think lack of game experience last year um, and how the, the – coaching staff kind of botched the, the Cisco uh, transition last year. I do think that was 
um, another misstep by Meyer, and I, right. I would have thrown Andre Cisco he in the starting lineup in week there, eight. But now we're closing in because of the ACL injury on at least a year and a half, maybe close to two years before since he's played in extensively right. in a live game. I mean, toward the end of the season, he started getting a few reps mm -hmm. or more opportunities, but I mean, seriously playing. And if he's going to be your guy, he needs those game reps to see things on the field. I know they, they really like the way he's played during practice and what they've seen from him, but some live reps could definitely help a guy like Andre Sisco. Uh, but I could make a solid argument for the majority of the stars. Uh, Foye Aluakin, probably not playing. Right, probably uh, not. He won't be out there. I almost guarantee Devin Lloyd won't be out there, even though he was going through walkthroughs mm -hmm. with the team for the first time. So, But I could make a pretty good argument for the majority of your D-line, uh, Trayvon Walker, he's, I can make a solid argument. Doubt he's going to play, but I can make an argument for him. Uh, the highest drafted rookie that I think will be out there is Chad Muma. Uh, because Muma's a back, he's projected to be a backup right mm -hmm. now. He's had a solid camp so far, but once you start, I mean, you take out two inside linebackers, you don't have that many left. I right. Mean, you could put Shaquille Quarterman in there, but if you consider him the starter right now while Lloyd's out, then you, you you could sit him, but mm -hmm. I think we see Quarterman. I think we end up seeing Quarterman and Muma quite a bit there in the interior of that. Up. I don't think you're gonna you're gonna see Luke Fortner. He's that projected no. starter center. You would know would be great to get him some actual game reps. He he's another one. I can make a great argument that he needs these opportunities. We saw him struggle during one on ones this week. Devon Hamilton, Dewan Smoot both put him on skates. Uh, Doug Peterson, when I asked him about it today, said, you know, he loves Luke Fortner, loves where his head's at, thinks the kid's going to be a great player. So they're still excited about Fortner. Seems like he's really entrenched as that starter at center. I don't know if they're going to want to risk him during a preseason game, mm -hmm. even though he does definitely need those reps. Right. And, and I think it's, you know, we've been very disappointed with Kevin Austin at receiver. Oh, my goodness. But do you, do you get him out there more and see what he's got to offer in game reps? So I do think this is that opportunity for those, the Benji Franklin at corner. I think it's a great opportunity for Luan Winningham at receiver. I think it's a great opportunity for Kevin Austin. Is he better than what we've seen in camp? It's been a total disappointment in camp after being such a highly prized undrafted free agent so i'm i'm excited to see what this game offers in terms of can these guys adjust can they make that next step we've seen benji play well in camp we've seen uh lawan play well in camp can they make that transition haven't seen a lot of chad muma uh in camp um you know I, i'm i'm just looking forward to seeing how these guys these rookies these undrafted guys fit at that speed i you know i, I go into this game saying Let's find that next James Robinson. Yeah, yes. Let's find that next James Robinson, and that's where you're going to find him in the preseason. Well, right, and all these guys are battling to avoid that first cut. So the NFL have kind of altered those rules. The first cut is five players, so they don't want to be in that bottom five right. of the roster. And some of the guys that I think these, these first couple preseason games are going to be really important. One guy that we were even talking a little bit about earlier, Gregory Jr., he just hasn't, he just hasn't done anything so far through training camp. Hasn't done looked very good. He almost came up with an interception off a tipped pass, but I think that was more of the situation and being in the right place than anything he's done playing wise. Do you cut? Do you cut a, a draft pick in that first five? I mean, he's, has he looked that out of place where he's on your first five out? If I was doing my first five right now, right now, uh, I can hold five fingers up. I can tell you, Kevin Austin's gone, uh, and that that's not it. Ryan McDaniel's gone. That's not hard. Both of those are very easy. Uh, Koi Kronk, he can go home. That one's done. Uh, that's three right there. 
I just need two more, probably come from the defensive side, and we probably end up doing Grant Morgan, who I thought had, or I still think has some potential, but he really hasn't shown anything. And then in the secondary, mm, probably Xavier Crawford would be the other guy I'd send home. I wouldn't put him in my bottom five, okay. but he's not a guy who's entrenched himself into a roster spot. Okay, he's flirting. I, I, he, I, he, he's, what I'm hearing you right now, if you're saying you're trying to cut down to that final 53, he ain't he's, making he's it. not. He's, he's not, not making it. He's not making it right now. And that's why I think he, this game is important for him because he's going to get extensive run, and they're going to give him every opportunity to yep. make this roster. But just as of yet, I mean, he's been outplayed by the guy who was picked after him, Buster Brown, has looked phenomenal at times at corner. And Gregory Jr. just hasn't. Right. Well, uh, yeah, I mean, you knew it would be a tough job. They, they knew Wichita it was a project, but he just hasn't, I mean, he hasn't flashed yet. And I'll give, to, to this point, they haven't done any one-on-ones where it's just a corner one-on-one with a receiver. They have done none of them. So we really haven't gotten that chance to say, okay, either you win or lose rep, very simply. Um, so, but in the team portion, I mean, he's been beaten quite a few times. It's been a few. Yeah, and you know, I, you know, a guy I'm really looking forward to seeing, and he's had, uh, he's stacked good days of camps together. Um, Snoop Connor, uh, at running back. You know, he was a guy, and we talked about this earlier at camp today. He was a guy when he was taken. I scratched my head. Why are you drafting a guy who's, he's not a flashback. He's not a, a speed guy like Travis Etienne. He just was, just was a guy to me in camp. And or when he was drafted, he has actually looked well. He's actually uh, probably three of the last uh, training camp days that I've seen. Snoop Connor has made a play. He's hit a hole hard, uh, drawn raves. And with Travis Etienne out, James Robinson still recovering uh, from injury. Snoop Connor is going to log some mileage in the preseason. Yeah, he's going to get his opportunity. And Snoop has really come on once the pads came on. And that was one of the things that we kind of knew coming in was that. I mean, his running style definitely lended itself to needing mm-hmm. that physicality right. to kind of really show himself. He's he's a good athlete, not a exceptional athlete. Mm-hmm. So while Travis Etienne in the shorts can, you know, plant his foot, look lightning quick, and we're like, oh, oh my goodness, this is Etienne, the speed's real, Snoop doesn't have that same kind of burst. He is a quick guy who has shown some really good vision but it's his running style and his pad level that really kind of allowed him to kind of flash once the pads went on. I was even kind of, we when I asked Doug about him before camp today, Doug goes, well, he's got, it was just one day. We got to see him do it again. And even today in shorts, he made those same reads and made those same cuts. So Snoop's definitely going to get a chance. He's, he's in the thick of that third running back spot. Um, he's a guy where I think health is really going to impact whether or not he can make an impact this season and not his health, health of James Robinson. Right. Because J-Rob is like the catalyst in that running back room. And like I started kind of, I always kind of do like a 53 just in my head to see who's on the outside looking in. And when I, I started breaking them down, I was like, well, do I keep an extra running back? Because I'm not comfortable with where J-Rob's at right now. Mm-hmm. I know they keep saying, well, he's close, he's close. Well, he's got to be there for me to say, you can go into the season with just three. If not, you got to keep four and say, okay, well, we got to see where J. Rob's at. We're not putting him on right. IR, but so that's a roster spot that you're flirting with. So that's the difference between right now, Ryquel Armstead being on the roster or not, because yeah, it looks like right. Snoop's got the leg up. So if if J. Rob's ready to go, Ryquel's on the way out, maybe practice squad again. But 
if J-Rob's not ready to go, then you keep Ryquell around. So Snoop's going to get his opportunity, but I think he takes a lot of the reps that J-Rob takes right now. Right. Because they're very similar right. players. Very similar uh, bodies and kind of not a burner. J-Rob's not a burner. Yeah. He's that guy with good vision, hits the holes well, and Snoop is going to get a chance. I could see him getting 15, 18 carries against the Raiders on Thursday night. Um, and kind of setting that tune. I think Rock Armstead's going to be a factor in that as well. But you mentioned it too. I think it's it's a four-back uh, grouping right now, and um, that J-Rob Health is, is kind of uh, based on what they're going to do. I, I do like the Snoop Connor at three. He's looked good to me um, in that. Uh, so it's, it's J-Rob. We saw the early depth chart. J-Rob, Travis Etienne, and uh, Snoop Connor. But uh, I am very much looking forward to seeing how Snoop Connor plays was not just wasn't that high on him coming out of that draft. I, I don't think either of us were, and you know he's looking good so far. So maybe we were both wrong, and Trent Bulky just had the vision. Right. You know who knows? <laughs> we'll we'll see how it all kind of pieces together. Um, a little bit off the topic of the preseason game, we'll kind of get back to that when we get to some of these questions that we'll get from Twitter here in a little bit. Uh, with eight practices under their belts right now, they're heading to that first preseason game. Uh, do you have any concerns of what? What's your biggest concern about the team right now? Ooh, man, because there's there's some positives that we've yeah. seen. There are things. I mean, look, I probably was more excited than anybody when we saw them practice a quarterback sneak today, right. because you know I just thought it was an insult to my intelligence when last year, you know, Daryl Bevel and Urban Meyer standing there telling us, well, we don't have a game ready quarterback sneak, and it was like week three or four. Yeah, like, the Bengals game yeah, last I'm year. Like, and what do you mean you didn't have a game ready quarterback sneak? Like that's the most basic play in football. Lost them and, the game basically. And they you literally had to go and install it right. the next week because they didn't have one. You punch so, that get you punch that in there and that's that's a different ball game. You beat the likely beat the Bengals on the road. Right. And you know, you don't have the Urban Meyer fiasco after that. So a uh, huge play there. But yeah, seeing Trevor run a couple quarterback sneaks today was uh, I know everybody in the media kind of uh, just jokingly laugh like a quarterback sneak. Are you kidding me? We're seeing this in training camp and not, you know, not week five of the season last year. Like, Unbelievable. On. So nice to see that for Doug Peterson and Press Taylor getting a quarterback sneak in there, right? <laughs> yeah. Hey, I, I asked Press about it earlier in camp, and he, I, I know he thought I was crazy when I asked him, what do you mean a quarterback sneak? And he was like, well, you just have to wait and see. I'm like, Come on, Press. I, I just need you to say there's a quarterback sneak in the works here. Um, but, yeah, concerns. Well, is, is there any concern around the roster for you right now? Um, I'm more confident in the defense than the offense, for sure. I think the defense has a plethora of talent. The free agent additions over the past few years should finally piece together and create a defense that, at the very least, is in the top half of the league. I, I am much more confident in the defense than I was a year ago, two years ago, uh, my only question mark on the defense is the pass rush. I like what I've seen from Trayvon, mm -hmm. and I really like what I've seen from Josh Allen. So, I'm I'm feeling good about the defense. Okay, my I've concerns got, are on the offensive side. I've got I've got a few of them. I think, um, and not overwhelming concerns. I think the center position, uh, the offensive yeah. line, to me, that is still a little bit of a work in progress. Um, Jawan Taylor's been out for a little bit of time. Walker Little listed at number two on the depth chart right now, right tackle. What does that situation look like? It seems like that's not really been hammered out. I, I think a little bit of that center position, too, um, is not, not worrisome. I think Fortner's going to grow into that position. Um, but, you know, watching the center, Casey McDermott had 
exceptional problems even just getting the ball to the quarterback right. uh, with snapping the ball. So if Fortner has his struggles, what do you do on that center position um, and do that? And still receiver to me, while, while good, uh, I like how a lot of those guys have played during camp. I think a lot of those guys have flashed. Zay Jones had a, the, the catch of camp last week on that huge bomb from Trevor. There have been some good sideline catches uh, from receivers. Um, but I still have concerns on who that uh, – I've said it a million times on here – who's that alpha of that group. We know Christian Kirk's inside. Uh, we've got Marvin outside. I mean, Laquan Treadwell outside. I just don't know who – is kind of the alpha of that room. Um, right. So I do think that that, again, not overwhelming concerns. I think all three of them are, are relatively uh, minor concerns at this point. But I, I think um, that center ta- right tackle spot uh, is, is a little bit more pressing. I mean, you got guys at receivers uh, who can play. But I think that offensive line spot, to me, if I'm ranking those one to three, I would definitely put that center right tackle spot um, at the top of that list. So my concern on the offense, I, I'm not as concerned with the offensive line. I think they'll be fine. Like ultimately, like Fortner's the other day worried me. Mm-hmm. But then I kind of thought about it and I said, well, Tyler Shatley will slide over and push come to shove and you end up putting like Ben Barge out there. It, the offensive line will kind of figure it out. I think the offensive line still will be slightly improved. My biggest concern is this like playmaking pass catcher group mm-hmm. as a whole. Like. I know we talk about like the wide receivers a lot, but I want to bring in even the tight ends and even the running backs because ultimately, like if you look at a good offense, you look at good teams and good offenses, they have players that can make the first guy miss. If I said someone gets the ball on the Jaguars team and he has to make someone miss, who are you going to? I'm going to probably say Travis Etienne. All right. And, and if I take Travis Etienne off the board, who's the next guy? If I had to pick a second, I would say Visca slash Christian Kirk. And, and, and that's almost – that, You don't say those with confidence. It, it's not confident at all. I think I say it with confidence with Travis Etienne, just some of the plays he's made in camp where it's been not at full speed, but you knew he would be able to take that play to the house. But that really, when I can say Travis Etienne with confidence – I can say Christian Kirk and LaVisca as a eh, kind of that. And that's the thing, because they've made it clear that they want to get the ball into their playmakers' hands and try and let them be who they are. Um, There was a play the other day where they threw this screen to Josh Allen, or not to Josh Allen, to Christian Kirk, and Josh Allen just stalked them down. Christian tried to make a move, and it just was going nowhere. You know, and and that's when I got I said, Christian's not that shifty guy. Mm-hmm. Even ETN, ETN reminds me of he's he's very Brandon Cooks like to me. Mm-hmm. Brandon Cooks is an extremely fast guy, just like ETN, but he's not really like a shifty kind of guy. Like even ETN, when he gets in trouble, his first go to is, "Well, I'm going to turn on the speed and get to the sideline." And now, while that does turn what would end up being nothing into like two or three yards, that's not. I'm going to make this guy go to the left, and I'm going to go to the right around him. Uh, so they they really have very few players, none that you can confidently say can create something out of nothing. Like if they're matched up one on one in space, who do you confidently want in that matchup? If you talk about the Bengals, they're going Jamar Chase every time. They'll probably take Joe Mixon in space too, you know, and and they're feeling pretty good. Right. Uh, on this team, it's like okay, well, do you really want Marvin Jones matched up one on one with somebody? Not really. Like Christian Kirk. Mm, 
Maybe. Kinda, yeah, maybe. I know. Like, yeah. You feel okay about LaVisca with a corner or something matched up in some space? Yeah. Evan Ingram against a linebacker? I don't know. Depends on who linebacker is because Evan's not a big dude, mm -hmm. but he's shifty. So that's my thing is like, do they have enough playmakers that can make those plays that have to be made? Because and I think that's a, that's a topic that we've really kind of come back to time and again over the last year, starting in training camp last year, who is going to be kind of that, that, the alpha guy, who's going to be that breakaway threat. Who's going to, who's the guy on this offense where you say, we've got to double cover this guy. We've got to make sure he does not beat us. Right. And I still think it goes back to, there are a bunch of guys on this team mm -hmm. and not that guy. Yes. And I think that is uh, something that they're going to probably have to address in the draft or free agency next year because, you know, or, or hope there's an evolution in LaVisca, Travis Etienne becomes that guy. Um, but I just don't know that after this past draft and uh, the free agency, they, they did not really address it. They added a slot guy in Christian Kirk, paid him a lot of money. You get Travis Etienne back. James Robinson back, he's not a guy that's going to do that. So um, if you're looking on the roster now, is it Zay Jones? Is it uh, – who is that Who is that guy? I mean, who is that guy? And they have a bunch of guys. And um, you've got to hope that uh, the by-committee approach or the, uh, you know, the, the sum of all parts is greater than one kind of mindset with the Jaguars and, and that offensive skill guy. So yeah, I, I think the grouping is probably better than – uh, the grouping as a whole is better than that one guy. You know, the, the sum of all parts mentality. It's going to be on Doug and Press to make this work. Like, I was talking today, and, you know, the topic came up of Christian Kirk, and ultimately it was like, you know what, Jamal Agnew's more physically talented than Christian Kirk. I don't think too many people are going to argue with that. Christian Kirk is more technically refined as a receiver than, than Agnew is. Mm -hmm. But that's why, like, Having Agnew as a healthy option because if you if you tell me pick a guy on the offense that can make a guy miss in space, I'm going Agnew right, before everybody else. Right. I mean, I'd say Agnew, then ETN, and then it's like, all right. So it, that's my concern. I think it's something that we'll see, and hopefully, you know, James Robinson is also a shifty kind of guy, but he's not really running away from many people. So he, but he is a tough player to bring down in space. Uh, let's go ahead and get to some of these Twitter questions. That we got, we got, I think we got about 10 of them we're going to get through. Uh, so the first one's from Producer Shari, and she asked, which undrafted free agents make the roster in your opinion? I have two that we've kind of talked yeah, about a time. few times, have been banging the drum for. Uh, Benji Franklin, cornerback, uh, fast. He told me today he ran a 4-3-1 coming out of college. Fast. Speed's real. Just about every day in practice, he has deflected a pass. He has one interception under his belt. He's legit. Wide receiver, Lawan Winningham. Tallest receiver on the roster. The length is, is ridiculous. Uh, he seems to make plays. There was one today that was out of bounds, but, I mean, he climbed the ladder to go up and get that pass. Uh, so Winningham's a guy that I'm really interested to see. Him and Franklin when the game's go live. Right. And that's, I totally, those are my two guys. We've talked about them even going back to, our, or especially Lawan since, uh, since OTAs mm -hmm. as uh, being a guy that kind of fits into that mix. So I think we're in agreement on, on those two guys. And I'm sure throughout the, as the preseason develops, there may be another guy or two uh, that sneaks in there. But Benji has, uh, Benji to me is number one. And I think uh, Lawan would be the second on that list. Yeah. One more dark horse that I kind of brought up today in the notebook that I put together. Uh, Deshaun Dixon, 
outside linebacker Norfolk State. I just think that outside linebacker group really thin. Dixon's flashed enough in one-on-ones. Could be a guy who could push toward the end if something happens. Um, some athletic ability. He spent a lot of time working with Josh Allen. So Deshaun Dixon could be another guy that could be knocking on the door trying to squeeze onto the roster. Uh, how about this one from Fonde Fest? He asked, uh, has there been a single position group that has impressed you slash stood out the most? And then same question on the flip side, any single group you want to see more from? All right, so let's start with impressed you or stood out the most. I think it kind of goes in waves because, you know, early on in camp when the pads weren't on, those receivers were catching everything. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think that group early on has, has been impressive. Um, it, you know, it's so tough to tell what group impresses when there's no pads on and uh, contact is limited. Um, but the defensive line or the edge rushers, Trayvon Walker, Josh Allen, uh, that grouping I think has been impressive too. But if I had to pick one, I would say the receivers as a whole um, have impressed me. Some, you know, they, ha- they did have a, a rough camp day uh, early on when the pads went on. Um, but I, like, I, like the re- I think the receivers have done well. I'll go offense too. I'm going to go over the running backs have really stood out. Uh, because we really liked what Travis Etienne's done. Reichwell Armstead's looked solid. Snoop Connor look, really looking good. We see James Robinson not practicing. And Makai Sargent hasn't looked bad. Mm-hmm. But when I have two of the kind of guys that have been the MVPs for us on multiple days in one position group, I like what I've seen from the running backs. Even once the pads have gone on, before the pads have gone on, Snoop Connor, a much better receiver than we kind of thought he could be. So I, I've been impressed with that running back group. It gives me some hope for the running game. All right, and then any single group that you want to see more from? Yeah, I, I think I think it kind of goes back to that offensive line. I think I want to see some more continuity there. Uh, I think I want to see some better snaps from uh, from Casey McDermott. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I do think when you're you're talking about such an integral position, um, the quarterback center exchange is huge, and I think you've got to have that from your one, two, and three guys. Um, you know, your starter at center. Uh, your backup and your backups backup. So I do think if I'm looking at one position where I think it's got to, uh, you know, that it's got to come together a little bit more for, you know, these next few weeks of preseason, probably that center position, um, not necessarily the unit as a whole, but I think center um, center would be one and then uh, that right tackle position would be my number two. And I'm going to go kicker because, you know, Elliot Fry, Ryan Santoso, they were perfect right. today. Four for four, even with a long, like, 52 yards. So perfect during practice. Warm-ups? Yes, yeah, so watching, watching some of those warm-ups today were uh, skittish. Not yeah. even, not close misses either. So, we, you know, we already kind of went off the Andrew Mevis wave very quickly, which was the guy that a lot of people had kind of looked at and said, okay, well, he could be the kicker and figure it out. So that didn't work out. And they brought in Elliot Fry. Ryan Santoso and Elliot Fry not exactly looking that much better. Um, so this is definitely a position that concerns me. Mm-hmm. Uh, I ultimately am not sure that the final roster kicker is either one of these. Players. Right, I totally agree. I think, and if it's if it's me, you know, and I said it before when they brought in Ryan Santoso, uh, you go and get a kicker off a practice squad of a team with a good kicker. So, like, I checked the Baltimore Ravens first because if you're not better than Justin Tucker, you're like 99% of the kickers mm-hmm. in the NFL. So I, I, you start there, and then we and work. Yeah, work our your way back. Out. Yeah, kicking the kicker spot to me. Ever since the the Matthew Wright decision to move on from him, um, yeah, what what have they been doing? Um, Andrew Mevis hit a 
field goal so poorly, in case anybody has not seen that, uh, hit, hit a kick so poorly, it hit Dave Campo, a former Cowboys coach. He was uh, in the, the contingent with the media uh, last week and made national headlines. So interesting that um, he just, I, to me, I don't know why you move on from Matthew Wright um, and replace him with uh, two, you know, two kickers, um, you know, in this situation where it's been a little bit of a struggle to say the least in preseason. But I was uh, optimistic, cautiously optimistic from their performance today, uh, how they did in, in preseason. Yeah, so we'll see and, you know, we'll have to kind of piece it together to figure out exactly how that works out. Um, all right, how about this uh, next question coming from Dylan Kierman? who says, who's going to be the nickel? Is Rudy Ford getting reps there? He played there well last year. Also sounds like Winningham turning heads in camp. Is he close to being the sixth wide receiver, assuming Agnew is the returner? Uh, let's start with the top. Who's going to be the nickel? That's Darius Williams. Right. Darius Williams has just been in a non-contact jersey, but I don't think there's much competition there. Williams has that spot locked up. Uh, Rudy Ford is regulated to like being a normal safety right. now. So uh, he's going to have to battle out for those depth safety positions to get on the roster. Urban, you know, Urban Meyer loved Rudy Ford. He did. I don't know he how did. many times after games uh, last year that Urban Meyer singled out Rudy Ford. That was his guy. So, yeah, I, I, Urban was a buffoon, and uh, we know his, <laughs> uh, what happened there. But I think Rudy Ford's in the mix um, at backup spot, but I don't think he's uh, – uh, he's not going to supplant a Darius Williams kind of no. guy. He's he's just a guy at this point to me. Yeah, that that's ultimately what he is. Uh, Winningham, yes. We talked about Winningham a little bit earlier. Definitely turning a lot of heads. Uh, is he close to being the sixth receiver you're calling Agnew the returner? Um, yeah, it, I think all, uh, Jamal Agnew, if healthy, is likely a return guy. So, what, who are the five ahead of him? Zay, Chanel, Marvin Jones, Christian Kirk. Laquan Treadwell, those are five. So, yeah, he. I think he's, right now, I'd call him number six, mostly because Jamal Agnew hasn't right. been on the field. I agree. So. I think that's the only place he fits in at that receiver spot. I think your top five are, are pretty set. I think the top five receivers, uh, in no particular order, uh, Laquan Treadwell, Marvin Jones, Zay Jones, LaVisca, and um, who's the fifth guy? I'm missing uh, Treadwell? Tread, did I mention Treadwell? Okay. Um, I mi- I, I'm missing a guy here. Uh, but yeah. I, I do think he is that sixth that, that six receiver right now. I do yeah. think, um, yeah, I think Lawan, if he's making this roster, it's at that spot. Okay. Uh, Time Connaughton said, if a ball falls through Evan Ingram's hands in the red zone and there's no one around to hear it, does it still make a sound? Uh, let's go, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right, how about this? Uh, at Ran. At J underscore ran 85 said, is in your opinion, who's currently the fourth best wide receiver on the team? All right. So this is a good question yeah, because good I think they're, I think it depends on what day you're out there and seeing that. Um, I think Zay Jones has looked like the best receiver on uh, certain days. I think Christian Kirk has been about as sure handed as you can get in camp. Marvin Jones is just kind of consistent. Mm-hmm. Um, and who is that fourth guy? I think LaVisca Chenault would be in the mix um, as a guy, just because what he does in the run blocking game too, um, I think he is he is a guy. If you've not seen Lavisca up close, he looks like a monster. Yes. And, um, but I, I would say Lavisca or Laquan Treadwell in that number four spot, depending on what day you see that. I'd go Treadwell. I think Laquan Treadwell has continued to elevate his game since coming to Jacksonville. 
when I talked to him earlier this week, he said, you know, his mindset changed when he came to Jacksonville and uh, his belief in himself and what he could do on the field. And he's shown it. I mean, he tore it up last training right. camp, I tore it up uh, when he got the opportunity finally in the season, set a career high. And now he's trying to earn those reps back again. He looks consistent. Him and Trevor have a good relationship. And it shows up on the football field. The pair are always on the same. I'd go number four. I gotta go Laquan Trevor. Yeah, I loved I loved him last year, and he's really uh, continued that in camp. I've mm-hmm. seen uh, probably five catches in camp made by receivers that made you kind of say, "Wow, these guys can uh, play." And two of them have been by Treadwell on the first two days of camp. He looked good, and um, he's sure-handed. Have not seen a lot of receiver drops. But Laquan Treadwell, I think Laquan and and Visca are just offer different things. Yeah. I think that yeah. um, I think both of those guys offer different things for that fourth receiver spot. I think Lavisca, you're getting that more physical guy who can run block a lot better, um, and Treadwell is going to be the hands guy who can uh, who can stretch it. He could stretch a field and also uh, make that big catch contested. Right. All right. Let's see. We got one from D Trip Twenty Nine. How have Nick Ford and Wes Martin looked? Uh, Ford spent some time on the sideline, and Wes Martin hasn't really stood out much. Yeah, so. I can't, I can't answer that because those guys have been uh, anonymous to me. Yeah, yeah, the, I, know, I know Ford's been sidelined a bit, and Wes Mar- Martin hasn't really done much during one-on-ones. I mean, he was fine, uh, but nothing, nothing much to to go on there. All right, uh, how about that? Brandon Water, uh, Brandon underscore Water said, "How bad is Etienne's illness? Not sure. We just know he was out of practice stretching. Went back to the stadium. They needed to get him checked out. Uh, who's looking like the starting safeties? And what's going on with our kicking team? I think the starting safeties. That one's easy. Yeah, it's Rayshon Jenkins, Andre Cisco. Those that duo's locked in right. as long as they're healthy." Uh, as far as the kicking issues, yeah, well, you're <laughs> just guess probably as good as the coaching staffs. Yeah, you're lucky. Uh, who was this that asked the question? Brandon Waters. Okay, Brandon. You're lucky, Brandon, you weren't out at practice because uh, you would have probably been hit by Andrew Mavis. <laughs> uh, and it's, it's fortunate uh, he didn't hit you in your house where you were sitting when you asked this question. So that's how bad it was early on in camp. Um, it's been more stable as of today. Um, mm-hmm. I still don't – again, we touched on this a minute ago, the Andrew – uh, yeah, I'm not Andrew. Um, you know, I don't know why you cut a Matthew right um, yeah. and move on with with these two guys. Um, but still, I think a work in progress. And as Jamal mentioned, I don't know if uh, the starting kicker on day one uh, is on the roster right now. We'll have probably, probably have a better idea after this first preseason game um, and and what these guys can do in actual live action. Uh, but kicking game, TBA, work in progress. Yeah. All right, how about at C True Happy Rosie asked, uh, who's the biggest rookie standout besides Walker on the defense? On the defense, that's that's tough. Uh, besides Trayvon Walker, who I think I we're going say, down a little bit. I you know, I would say probably probably Brown. You know, he's had you know, Monteric has been decent. Yeah, Buster, um, yeah, yeah. So I think that would probably be, I mean, we haven't seen enough of, of Chad Muma. We have not definitely not seen anything of Devin Lloyd, Nothing. who is, I, I like the, the Lloyd pick better than the Walker pick, um, but he has been limited with the hamstring. So um, I would say, I mean, just in the, when you're going that far down, mm-hmm. would probably be uh, probably be Brown at yeah. this point. I'd, I'm, I'm right there with you. I think Brown or, uh, or Benji Franklin, both of them have had really good camps. Uh, shown some good speed on the field, made some good breaks on on the ball, showed good coverage skills. So uh, after Trayvon Walker, we're really going far down because Devin Lloyd hasn't shown much, and Chad Muma really hasn't gotten the opportunity to show that much. So 
I think those would be my guys. Uh, all right, at Hot Boy Toke asked, uh, who do you think starts at running back in Canton? I'm going Snoop Conn. Got to be Snoop. Yeah. At this point, uh, you know Travis Etienne is not playing. Doug said today, um, Rock is going to be in the the equation. Um, James Robinson's still not back at full strength. So just by process of elimination and how Snoop has actually performed in camp, I think it's uh, it's Snoop Connor all the way, and I think he's going to carry the ball 15, 18 times on Thursday night. Yeah. All right, I got, we got three more questions. Uh, at OG Two Bits said, any veteran surprise cuts? Uh, this one's tough. Uh, I think we got a roster here in front of us, and we're kind of looking at this one beforehand. And uh, this this is this one's tough. Uh, I'm not sure if you want to call them veterans, but I do have two guys that I could see on the outside looking in. One's J2 Fele. Uh, would I call him a surprise a little bit since he was a draft pick last year? Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe, but he's buried on the early depth chart. Uh, I just don't see him. He had, I don't think he's made enough of an impact to earn that spot uh, spot yet. Um, or Calevon Chase on, but again, they're very thin at outside linebacker, so I could see Chase on sticking around for that reason. But yeah, what, yeah, I, yeah Ch- I, I don't see Chase on going at this point now. I know no. they gave CJ up for uh, pennies on the dollar. Uh, traded him, but Calevon I still think is a little bit of untapped potential. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, get him to run in the Mike Cal- Caldwell defense for a year, and if he still doesn't uh, fit, doesn't click for him, maybe next year. He, you know, he's kind of the Taven Bryan of the uh, the recent first round draft picks for the Jaguars. You know, you're continuing to wait, uh, continuing to to kind of hope that the light kind of clicks, and never did for Taven in town. You hope it does for Calevon. Um I still think he's got a year in that offense, and he's a he's a physical guy. Josh Allen's kind of taking him under his wing and, and helping him out. So hopefully the light comes on for Caleb on this year. But I'm with you. I don't know if Jay Tafeli is, is kind of a – is he a, considered a veteran in this thing? I don't know if Chris Claybrooks would be a guy to me that, you know, I just, just a guy. It, yeah, I think he's just a guy. I don't know I if it's yeah, veteran veteran guys. <clears throat> I don't I don't see – you know, nobody jumps out after going through this roster before. Mm-hmm. Uh, we started, you know, just jumps out as a surprise veteran cut at this point. Right, right, at this point. And I think, I, like you said uh, earlier, I, I don't know if this roster is good enough to just be, you know, hauling off and cutting veteran players. Right. And yeah. I think that's where they're at right now, where there's just probably not – if there was a surprise, I think J2 Fele is definitely looking at that roster bubble. I don't think Caleb Von Chason is firmly footed on the roster, but I also don't think he gets cut right now just because, like you said, I, I think there's potential there, but I also think there's need at that position – so somebody else at that outside linebacker would have to really show mm-hmm. up to to make them say, okay, well, we can afford to part ways with this guy. Uh, all right, going on to at mullet underscore LeBron. He says, are we going to see a lot of two tight end sets this year with our tight end overlord Doug at the helm? <laughs> I do. I think so. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. I think um, just looking at the depth chart now, I think you've got – Chris Manhurts plugged in as, as a starter at one of those, and then Evan Ingram at the other. So I think those two guys, um, they present different things, and we know what Chris Manhurts is about. He's a blocker. You know, he did catch Trevor's first career touchdown pass, so that's a trivia question there. Would not have picked that in uh, Vegas as that one. I don't one. think anybody would have. Um, so I do think there's going to be a lot of tight end sets, but I think some of those tight end sets are going to be variable with uh, – you know, with uh, with Manhurts in there swapping out with uh, with Dan Arnold to give you two pass catchers there, you kind of lose that pass catching with Manhurts uh, in trading off and Luke Farrell as well. I don't I don't know if Luke Farrell's that that pass catcher. I've seen him very sparingly catch passes in camp so far, but I would like to see a Dan Arnold slash Evan Ingram 
uh, combo of Ducks running those two tight end sets. Yeah, I think the I think we'll see a handful of them more than we've seen in years past, especially with Ingram and Dan Arnold both on the field, and then you mix in some Chris Manhurts and some run heavy sets. Uh, likely a Manhurts-Ingram combination. Mm-hmm. So Ingram gives you some of the passing flexibility. Manhurts gives you the running uh, the running capabilities. Arnold gives you some of that blocking capabilities as well. But I really think Evan Ingram's going to be heavily used, and then we'll see a mixture of Arnold and Manhurts mixed in with the personnel groupings is what I expect, especially from what we've seen so far in camp. All right, last question we've got comes from Demo Robertson. And... He's asking, how has Chad Muma looked? Haven't heard much about him so far during training camp. Muma looks fine. Yeah, I mean, he, he, hasn't, he hasn't looked bad, mm-hmm. but at the same time, he hasn't made any plays where everybody goes, okay, yep. you know? So I think that's the biggest thing is he just hasn't, he hasn't shown anything that really makes us go, wow. Right, yeah, he's been just kind of a guy learning his way around camp. Yes. He's been running with the twos. Um, you know, and I, I think I saw more of, of Chad in action before the pads went on um, and, uh, and struggling a little bit, as rookies do. So I think this preseason is huge for him. Uh, but really, you know, he, when he was drafted, I, to me, I still think that was a, a head-scratching draft pick where he was picked at. Um, you got Devin, you already added him. You added a huge free agency to a big-ticket guy in free agency. Um, so Chad has been kind of, to me, a little bit lost in the shuffle, a little bit in translation right now and from that college game to uh, to the speed of the NFL, but I've just not seen enough of him in camp to say, wow, he's really jumped out. No. He, he, uh, the the last thing, lasting impact that I have right now from him with the pads on is he was trying to cover Travis Etienne, and Etienne just created a vast <laughs> amount of space. Now, given Muma is a big guy who moves really well for his size, and I do not expect him to be able to cover Travis Etienne, but – that's just the play that comes to mind right now when mm-hmm. I think of Muma because it literally happened in the past two days right. when the full pads came on. Outside of that, I haven't seen Muma make any like standout plays where I go, wow, that's that guy they drafted. So I think Chad Muma's just been quiet. We could see him get a – he should get significant playing time in the game. I would think so. And an opportunity to really show what he can do because if Devin Lloyd misses substantial time, I think – they want Muma to go and take that job for right. Shaquille Quarterman, ultimately. That's their hope, but Quarterman has looked good. So uh, I think that's the other thing that kind of hurts Muma is that Quarterman's been out there making right. plays, and Muma hasn't gotten that comfortable to do right. it Right, and Shaq is a contender. You know, we talked potentially uh, he could be a, a guy that gets flushed out in the cut to 53 when you add a free agency big ticket at linebacker. You spend two draft picks at linebacker. He could be the odd man out, but – Shaq is not relenting. He's holding on to that spot. He's played well in the camp, and he's going to probably get that start on Thursday night, I would think, if he is, um, if they're projecting him as, uh, you know, that guy. I think he's he's a starter, that quote-unquote starter, that I think we could see play on Thursday night. Yeah, we'll have to keep an eye on that. Again, the Jaguars are in that Thursday night Hall of Fame game. We will be up in Canton, Ohio, with coverage of the game, plus some coverage of Leroy Butler and Tony Vaselli. So you want to stick over on newsforjacks.com for all of our latest coverage. I'm Jamal St. Cyr. This is Justin Barney, and we'll check in with you next time.